course I'm dropping shit already. <laughs> Alright guys, what's up? What's up? What's up? Hey, it's Big John. Panic attacking. I actually had one last night that was nasty. Uh, but anyways, aside from my mental health problems, uh, which is the name for this show... Want to uh, talk and talk something. Uh, let's turn the music down a little tad bit. So, Pro Wrestling Illustrated and uh, the New York Post, the new, the big newspaper, they had the year-end wrestling awards come out. Uh, the Pro Wrestling Illustrated magazine, which might be the the last wrestling magazine really in circulation. I don't know. Correct me if I'm right. But uh, they do every year the fans vote on the year-end awards. Uh, the New York Post, I think just one of their writers uh, who's into wrestling, uh, wrote up awards. Then I have a spatial award uh, of my own. It's not that special, but we'll, might as well do something while I'm here. Uh, remember to like, share, subscribe, leave comments. Follow me on Twitter, Getter, uh, and Truth Social. At the real underscore Big John. If I can stop from yawning long enough to make this video and podcast the hell am I listening to? Rare WCW themes. I thought this would be much better than it was. Uh, covered by Jason Flanagan, Rasslin Riffs. Well, if nothing else, I get a good picture. There's a good picture of uh, Gorgeous George, Macho Man's final valet and woman who he stalked and was weird with. Uh, on this one. Wonder if she ever was part of the year-end awards. Yeah, don't you think it's a travesty that Miss Elizabeth is not in the WWE Hall of Fame? Let me note that here while I'm getting ready. Talk about that too. Oh, I got another note paper falling on the floor. I'm gonna have to bend over and pick up. Alright, let's pause that god awful nonsense. Uh, get into these year end awards. Gotta like, have to start lift the damn cigar for the show. We're three minutes in, I'm still not lit up. What the hell, John? So, it's Royal Rumble season. We're going to talk about that too. And. Road to WrestleMania. 
I know that this year's Royal Rumble would have this weird Mountain Dew Black match. I guess it's going to be Bray Wyatt versus L.A. Knight in the dark. And they're going to have some maybe like neon paint on themselves. Yeah, that sounds stupid. Sounds like a Vince McMahon creation. So let's just go top to bottom. Uh, the New York Post and the PW Insider. I think PW Insider is Dave Meltzer. These are the Pro Wrestling Illustrated Awards. So let's look here and see who who runs Pro Wrestling Illustrated. You would think I would have this like fucking ready. But who runs Pro Wrestling Illustrated? Who owns Pro Wrestling Illustrated? Founded in 1979 by publisher Stanley Weston. Headquartered in Bluebell, Pennsylvania. Uh, published by Kappa Publishing Group. So what dirt sheet does Dave, Uncle Dave Meltzer? Well, it doesn't matter. So uh, th this is kind of like the the recognized, you know, end of the year awards. Um, WWE has always tried to have their own awards show, the Slammies, and it never really took root. I mean, it was kind of just something tacky to you know further storylines and gimmicks. But the PWI fans voted Roman Reigns. Male Wrestler of the Year. Uh, Runner-up was John Moxley. Uh, over at the New York Post, they decided... And... Excuse me. They decided Moxley was the Wrestler of the Year. Uh, and the per I guess the person making the decision is Joseph... Uh, Stanswicky, Stanswicky. So, Stanswicky over at the post said this was a two-man race between Moxley and Reigns, but the quality of the three-time AEW World Champion, uh, who works across multiple companies, uh, leadership in a time of crisis and consistency. Earned him a slight edge this year. Uh, that's kind of true. But. Did Moxley really put asses in seats? Uh, and is he a good wrestler? Oh. You could argue that, yeah, some people turn out to see John Moxley and Roman Reigns. Neither of them are very good technical wrestlers. Neither of them are outstanding on the microphone. Uh, 
Um, my opinion here, I would put it more of a toss-up between MJF and CM Punk. CM Punk put a lot of asses in seats for AEW and br the, brought the television ratings up some. Uh, according to him, according to Punk himself, and I'm not a Punk fan anymore. I think the guy's an asshole. But as a skilled in-ring wrestler, uh, as somebody on the microphone... Uh, he has the pa the total package of uh, wrestling skills that it takes to get over. And at 26 years old, I see a lot of that in MJF. You know, there were a lot of times this year you were paying or watching TV to see MJF get his ass kicked. Maxwell Jacob Freeman. Uh, and I, uh, Maxwell Jacob Freeman is the future of this business. Uh, good, bad, and otherwise, you know, I don't like everything Tony Khan does. I sure as hell don't like anything Vince McMahon does, and he's going to be back in creative control of WWE and fucking things up again eventually. So, somebody like MJF, who's 26... And is setting the business on fire. Man, do you feel sorry for this guy? Uh, I think he should be an AEW guy till AEW dies. Whenever that is. Uh, unless the, the right person were to buy WWE. And the right person, I think, would be a group headed by people like Steph, The Rock... And uh, other wrestling people. How all that works together, who knows. But it's leaning more like NBC or Disney. Well. By WWF. Whatever. But my personal pick or picks for somewhere in one and two. For the wrestler, male wrestler of the year, MJF and CM Punk. Based on in-ring ability, promo on the mic, and paying to see them wrestle. Or tuning in to see them wrestle. Uh, female wrestler of the year, I can't argue with this. They both have uh, Bianca Belair as the female wrestler of the year. I think she's the best athlete, one of the best athletes in wrestling, period. By far the best athlete in women's wrestling. Uh, when it comes to the whole package of women's wrestling, or wrestling, period, Charlotte Flair is everything. The mic skills, the ring psychology, and the wrestling ability. But when it comes to athleticism... Bianca Belair can pick other women up over her head and carry them around the ring. Even carry them from the outside of the ring up the steps and into the ring. Uh, Bianca can do high-flying moves as well. <coughs> and it's rare in any wrestler you see 
the body and the muscle that she has and the uh, ability to be a high flyer. Pro Wrestling Illustrated's fans voting Jade Cargill, however, second place. I know she's got a bod on her, but she can't wrestle. She's not a good worker. And she doesn't have mic skills. I know she's held that TBS. Is that what it is? TBS or TNA. The, the equivalent of the television title. She's held that for a while. And that's great. But it's just because that Tony Khan can't find a way to take it off of her without making her look weak. My number two for the woman wrestler of the year. If I was going to pick a top two. There's a multi-way tie really. But you got to think of Mickey James. <coughs> who has had a multi-month angle going on now. I don't know if it started at the beginning of 2022 or halfway. But. Mickey James. Oh my next match is going to be my last. And it built. All the way up to her versus Jordan Grace. At the final. Impact Wrestling pay-per-view of the year. And Jordan Grace, by the way, bless her. She should be in the contention for Women Wrestler of the Year or Top 2. Uh, but anyways, you know, Mickey had this multi-month storyline. My first, my next loss will be my last match. Or I'm going to be champion again. Also, you have somebody like, I just said, Jordan Grace. Now, I know it was later in the year, but Jordan went from a compact... Tessa Blanchard once referred, or somebody, and then Tessa Blanchard repeated it, referred to Jordan Grace's meatball because she's this little compact ball of muscle. And I didn't realize how, I hate to say it, but extra weight she was carrying. And she is now like the perfect bodybuilder V-shape, broad shoulders, big quads, tiny waist. And I always thought she was pretty. Don't get me, kid me, shit you not. I always thought she was attractive. <coughs> but... She's really leaned out and got in diesel bodybuilder shape uh, along with her husband. Another person that should be in contention for a top two uh, spot in the women's rankings the fans didn't feel Britt Baker should be Higher than Jade Cargill with the you know thumbtack matches and uh crimson masks that that uh 
Britt Baker's war this year. I find that a lot a bit odd. Also, Thunder Rosa. She's somebody who's really uh, outstanding and had good feuds with Britt Baker. And they genuinely hate each other. Uh, Jamie Hayter, also a, a woman that should be up there in the top one or two. Um, two women I think are overlooked are Camille the Brick House in NWA. And maybe that's because NWA is only on YouTube and not a lot of people get to see it. I want to see if turning this one light off helps me. Because I'm get, Okay, that's a little better. I'm shadowy, but at least I'm not whited out. Alright, so uh, Camille Brickhouse. Camille the Brickhouse. She's got some good moves. She's got some good power. She's not a real polished wrestler. But she's good enough. Um, I think the best female wrestler out there today is Serena Deeb. Uh, as far as a technical wrestler goes. But she doesn't have any skills on the microphone. She's almost like an independent wrestler. She wrestles on... AEW Dark and AEW Elevated, uh, and occasionally on Dynamite, but she's more into putting other women over. She has the ability to make another woman wrestler look good in defeat. Serena will win the match, but she'll make her opponent look good. She'll dominate her opponent, but still, they look good. <laughs> It's a weird thing to do, but Serena has that ability. Uh, if she could talk on the microphone, she'd probably be a women's champion. But it's her lack of mic skills. And she's paid some dues. And she's only 34, I think, in her 30s. But she was a part of CM Punk's little cult in WWE. And jumped up out of the, the crowd an anonymous fan. Yeah, right. Uh, anyways, a plant in the crowd. And she jumped up and let CM Punk shave her head. Uh, I heard in an interview or a rant how, you know, she's pissed at WWE because she shaved her head for them. She got breast implants for them. And then they just cut her loose. And she's like leaned out to the point she's almost too skinny. But she's very, got a lot of muscle definition and can just work her ass off in the ring. Uh, she goes, she talks about being the excellence of execution, one of Bret Hart's old gimmick names. Um, for match of the year, they both have the same match of the year. PW Illustrated and the NY Post both chose Cody Rhodes versus Seth Rollins. It's hard not to say that was the match of the year because one, it was a great match. But here's Cody wrestling with his pectoral muscle torn off the bone and letting uh, Seth Rollins exploit it and hit him in this giant bruise that covers half his chest. And, you know, it, hell in a cell. The number two 
match I have issue with here. They say the second best match of the year was uh, Gunther versus Sheamus. That was a good match. It was two big guys beating the hell out of each other. But I think Walter, who is the same character, same person, different gimmick name as Gunther, Walter, which is the gimmick name I prefer, uh, when he wrestled Ilyan Dragunov in NXT, that was a much better match than Gunther versus Sheamus. Uh, because Dragunov is just a better wrestler than Sheamus. Uh, that simple. Rookie of the year. Um, the NY Post didn't really do this. Uh, rook, call somebody an official rookie of the year. But PW Illustrated said that Hook... Taz's son, Taz from ECW, they gave his son the Rookie of the Year award. And I I see that, but honestly, the couple of matches that Logan Paul has had, you a guy that I hate personally, that I think is just such a an obnoxious jerk. Logan Paul had some phenomenal matches. Uh, I would also throw Braun Breaker up in there. Uh, Joe Gacy should be in that conversation. Um, <laughs> this is pretty funny. Um, Pro Wrestling Illustrated fans voted Mandy Rose the most improved wrestler. Uh, I always thought she was underrated because they gave her so many gimmicks in WWE. And she took them all and ran with them. What needed to improve was her uh, in-ring wrestling ability. And I thought she was coming along on the main roster with that ability. They sent her to NXT. Shit. I got relight. And she did improve her in-ring wrestling. She still has a little ways to go. But she's still really young in the business. I think she, well, she might be in her 30s. So she might not have a, I think she's 32. So that's kind of like the peak age for a wrestler. After 35, it's supposed to be downhill. Uh, but anyways, also you could have put Indy Hartwell in that category. That's just... The first name that pops into my head when I think somebody who's improved. Uh, let's jump over to the New York Post because they have some different categories than uh, Pro Wrestling Illustrated. This is where the two kind of branch off. Uh, best promo of the year. They said MJF's Pipe Bomb 
which supposedly got him suspended from AEW until CM Punk went completely batshit and they had to they basically begged or no MJF was before the CM Punk freak out. Well, my best promo of the year would have been CM Punk's media scrum thing. That's what I would have said was promo of the year. Uh, whatever the hell CM Punk was doing there. But MJF is a great promo. Uh, and maybe the pipe bomb that he laid on Tony Khan. How, you know, a lot of the AEW originals are a little pissy. And MJF is an original AEW talent. He's young. And he is one of the people that built the company. And then they bring these other guys in and women in and they get all the money and the attention. So that was the MJF pipe bomb. Uh, Manager of the year by the New York Post was Paul Heyman. I can't even think of another manager. And growing up, I mean, you had managers left, right, and center. In wrestling, you had Jim Cornette, you had Bobby the Brain Heenan, uh, Paul Ellering. Oh, I can't think of the bald guy's name that was in WCCW now. It'll come to me later. Paul Heyman was back there in the early 90s, uh, late 80s-ish. When he had a, he, before he had the ponytail, he had a mullet. (laughs) What? Yeah, J.J. Dillon. Uh, all these guys. Now, you got Paul Heyman. But Paul Heyman is outstanding at taking a wrestler who's got the potential and through Paul's mic work and character building ability takes them to the next level. Uh, Roman Reigns was floundering until Paul Heyman said, let me take this guy under my wing and take him to the next level. And what... Well, hey, here here they are. Two, uh, two different um, <clears throat> outlets say Roman Reigns is wrestler of the year. Or no, pardon me. I take that back. The fans say Roman Reigns is wrestler of the year. The other one, a writer, said John Moxley. Um, Okay, quickly here. The male breakout star of the year is the tag team, the acclaimed, according to the New York Post. Um, The... uh, Pro Wrestling Illustrated didn't do a Breakout Star of the Year, but I think Breakout Star of the Year and Rookie of the Year could kind of be the same thing. Uh, Also, the New York Post said the Breakout Women's Wrestler of the Year was Liv Morgan. I agree with that, but she was booked 
pissed poorly by WWE. Instead of booking her strong and letting her and the fans have their moment of triumph for this girl that all her life just wanted to be a wrestler, they made her into Lucky Liv, where she was getting lucky and winning her matches, and the fans shit on it. Uh, and they almost shit on Liv, but they got her out of that spot and started rehabbing her character quickly. Or else it would be another John Cena, Roman Reigns. Oh, fudge. We hate this person because it's another baby face the WWE is trying to force on us. So, over here at uh, Old Pro Wrestling Illustrated, I got to jump back over to them. The faction of the year was the bloodline. And I guess you, you'd you have to say that because they have all of the championships, right? Uh, that's how the fans voted it. And it's hard, it was hard to think of other factions. But you could also throw Imperium into that. Uh, Judgment Day, they came along a little bit later in the year. <coughs> Where the bloodline, they've been uh, the whole year and prior. Um, so what I say, Judgment Day, especially with the way the Judgment Day is performing right now, the stuff they're doing, uh, at the end of the year with Dominic and, uh, Rhea, she is hot, uh, you know, all that stuff. Uh, if I always like the New Day, <laughs> I just like those guys. They're so funny. Uh, but they're not really a faction anymore because Big E's on the shelf. Um, so let's see here. Pro Wrestling Illustrated had the best indie wrestler of the year. Uh, the fans voted Matt Cardona to have that spot. And yeah, with what he's done the last year uh, since being released from WWE... He is the, the king of the independent wrestling. And if he were that character in WWE, and there's a, a chance that he could come back at the Royal Rumble. Um, a friend of mine, oh, he used to get on my fucking nerves when he said this. But he said, why couldn't Zack Ryder, also known as Matt Cardona... Zack Ryder, somebody who needed the push, should have broke Undertaker's streak. I'm like, dude, just because you like a wrestler doesn't mean they're supposed to break the most legendary winning streak in wrestling history. Okay? Fuck Goldberg's 200 wins that was bullshit. The Undertaker was featured at WrestleMania and went over at WrestleMania for 20 years. You don't give that to the, the internet champion of WWE who goes woot woot. Now, that being said, you could have given that rub to Matt Cardona. Hmm. Now that makes a lot more sense. But 
Zack Ryder was not the badass ass kicker that Matt Cardona is. Uh, Pro Wrestling Illustrated fans voted MJF versus CM Punk the feud of the year. I would rather have said MJF versus Wardlow because M or Wardlow was MJF's bodyguard who gradually turned on him. Uh, I'll always remember that part of uh, the feud where MJF is like, well, you've got to take 10 lashings with my belt if you want this match with me. And the first time MJF did that, it was Cody Rhodes. And Cody was selling and almost crying. And you had everybody and their brother that was friends with Cody coming to the ring, begging MJF to stop. Uh, Dustin Rhodes uh, coming out to uh, save his little brother. Come on, man, hit me instead. Hit me instead, you know, and all that shit. Wardlow just stood there and no-sold the lashings. And it was one of the best uh, promos or angles or gimmicks or whatever you want to call it I've ever seen. It was like Snook, it was like Piper hitting Snooker with the coconut on crack. It was that good. You know, MJF's just getting more and more pissed because he's wailing on this guy as much as he can with a leather belt and the dude isn't budging, showing emotion or pain or anything. That was really, that that there made the feud for me. And all the stuff that built up to that, the gradual you know, lead up to where, you know, the contracted bodyguard turns on his uh, employer and then gets a contract with AEW. Uh, what was next? On the um, Pro Wrestling Illustrated side, most popular wrestler, John Moxley... Um, obviously this is a fan vote, so if that's who the ch fans choose as most popular, he's the most popular wrestler. Um, and I respect this dude a lot. I don't like his wrestling, I don't like his mic skills, but as somebody that's loyal to the fans and the business, John Moxley won props to him for going through alcohol rehab and getting his life together. Uh, he's got a beautiful wife and children, child, uh, one child so far. Uh, and he got his life together, went to AA or alcohol rehab, whatever. And uh, so give him props for that. That makes him a popular guy in my opinion. Also after the CM Punk temper fit and backstage fight, Moxley had scheduled time off from the company at that point. It was pre-planned ahead of all the CM Punk debacle. Then he jumped over and said, well, shit, our, our top guy is gone. He screwed the company. 
I'll stick around and help keep the ship afloat. So props to John Moxley for that right there. That makes him a, a good guy. And that made him popular with fans. So now the, the two lists kind of sort of merge back together. Um, the New York Times calls it best return of the year. Uh, the Pro Wrestling Illustrated uh, calls it Comeback Wrestler of the Year. Uh, comeback Wrestler of the Year in Pro Wrestling Illustrated was Taya Valkyrie. And this isn't something I would have thought of when I think of a comeback, but it's true. She was a very over wrestler. Jim Cornette loves her. And she, not that that makes her a really great wrestler, but she could have a good match with just about anybody. And she was a lightning rod, a powerhouse, a big draw, a great match in every fed she wrestled in, except WWE. So WWE kind of screwed her over, cut her loose after they gave her this goofy gimmick and goofy name, and they put her out there and pushed her really quick to right to the, the main event, and then she lost. And then she just floundered and they cut her. <sighs> Shows how little Vince McMahon and Tony, or Nick Khan, excuse me, know about wrestling. Triple H and the likes saw this woman who is a great wrestler on the indies uh, at Impact Wrestling. I think she wrestled in Ring of Honor too. Uh, they knew how good she was. They brought her into WWE. Vince McMahon them said, well, she's not one of our guys, pal. She's a, she's a very pretty girl, pretty lady. But she's a, a little curvy. Not, you know, the beanpole dame with the fake boobs and stuff that Vince McMahon, Johnny Ace, and Bruce Pritchard like. So... Alright, so, after some tokes on the stogie and some daydreaming. Uh, Taya Valkyrie rehabilitated her her brand, her character. Went down to Mexico, learned the Lucha Libre style. Uh, then she came back to Impact Wrestling. Uh, on the other side of this, they call it Return or Debut of the Year. Uh, another person that was screwed over by WWE was Bray Wyatt. The New York Post picked him as their return slash debut of the year. Uh, they gave the runner up to Cody Rhodes at WrestleMania. However, that would have been my pick for return of the year or debut of the year. I think what 
happened with Cody getting all these goofy, shitty gimmicks, leaving, becoming a huge star, rehabilitating himself on the independent wrestling circuit, much like Ty of Valkyrie, uh, going into Ring of Honor, rev- bringing Ring of Honor back up to where it used to be uh, in popularity and in value, and then going and starting a company, starting a wrestling company, and then quitting that company and coming back to WWE to do what his dad couldn't do, and that's be WWE champion. Now, he hasn't become champion yet, but we'll talk about that in a minute. But I think Cody Rhodes is the the comeback or return wrestler of the year. Next year, maybe he'll be everybody's uh, debut, return, comeback wrestler of the year coming back from his torn pectoral. Uh, When I thought comeback, I thought of Soraya or Paige, however you want to call her, but we'll call her Soraya. Um, Because she came back from what should have been a career-ending injury possibly crippling or life-ending injury and f- figured out a way to f- get her neck back in shape and uh, get approved to wrestle. I'm a little nervous for her because I saw that little kick to the shoulder blades that uh, Mercedes Bernardo did. I'll just call her call her by, call Sasha Banks by her real name. The, uh, the kick that Mercedes Monet did to her, uh, that sent Paige sprawling and caused her to lose feeling in her arms and legs. Uh, after Paige had just come back from a neck injury, probably back too soon because we know Vince liked to rush people back into the ring. But that's who I thought of when I thought of comeback wrestler of the year. If you use the formula that Pro Wrestling Illustrated fans must have used, um, you could put John Moxley in there. He was a guy who was misused by WWE. <clears throat> went into, uh, well, went to AEW. Then had a personal life experience where he went into alcohol rehab and came back to wrestling. Um, this formula or whatever you want to call it that they're using here with. <clears throat> The Pro Wrestling Illustrated, Karrion uh, Cross and Scarlett Bordeaux, who were huge fan favorites in NXT. Uh, they, they, he comes up to the main roster. Vince takes Scarlett away from him. Says they're going to use her as a woman wrestler. And she is a pretty good women's wrestler. What?
They separate Carrying Cross and Scarlet. They give Carrying Cross this fucking stupid looking Roman warrior, Roman gladiator skirt and helmet. And say, here pal, you're a Roman gladiator now. And then he had to come back and Triple H had to rehabilitate his character. Uh, and make him and Scarlet what they were in NXT. But now that Vince is back, he'll probably fuck it up. So, um, my own little award here. Biggest controversy of the year. Vince McMahon creeper scandal. Anyone? Anyone? Bueller? Has there been a worse scandal than this? To find out Vince McMahon is the Bill Cosby of wrestling. <laughs> uh, that Vince McMahon is the Harvey Weinstein of wrestling. I'm not even going to get into all that. But Vince being a sleazeball, doing what he did to women, biggest controversy of the year award. Number two, something that shouldn't have been a controversy, Mandy Rose and her leaked photographs that are less risque than what the WWE did during the Attitude Era. <clears throat> and for her to be, be ratted out, what do they call that? There's a different word for it in wrestling. But for her to be snitched on by A-Train, Prince Albert... Somebody who's not a guy of great morals himself. That's pretty shitty. Now, Shawn Michaels was a person of very low morals and character back in his day. Who's now a Christian. And they say that Mandy Rose's photographs do not go along with what WWE represents. Bullshit. They fired her because they weren't getting a cut of the money that she was bringing in. But I think she's going to come back at Royal Rumble. I mean, if Sleazy Vince can come back after he just paid off Rita Chatterman for the rape allegation from the 90s. Basically, to me, if you settle out of court and pay somebody off, that's a confession to me, in my opinion. But what do I know? So, moving right along. Biggest scandal awards go to Vince McMahon and to Mandy Rose for something that should not have been a scandal. Um, I was thinking a minute ago about what a travesty it is that Miss Elizabeth is not in the Hall of Fame. And I jotted this down. Why aren't Brooklyn Brawler and Barry Horowitz in the Hall of Fame who contributed more to wrestling than some of these people that are in the Hall of Fame? Very, very strange. And it's really based on who Vince McMahon likes on a particular day. There's no logic or reason to 
the WWE Hall of Fame. Um, the dirt sheet that Dave Meltzer runs, they have a Hall of Fame, but it's voted on by the readers. So there are some strange anomalies in that Hall of Fame, but at least there's some rhyme and reason to it. So I'm going to gab up the Royale Rumble here in a minute after I take a quick break and wet my whistle and take a few more puffs on the stogie. 